Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. No. No. No! What a crappy way to lose a no-no. Max Scherzer would have been a big cat in history with three career no-hitters. Instead, he lost it. Feel your pain, With man. one out in the eighth. Not only lost a no-hitter, took the L against the Marlins. But on the bright side, cheer up. The best pitcher in baseball lowered, lowered his ERA to 2.08. Save that next no-hitter for that newborn in November. Max Scherzer. Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. Coming up, we chop it up with the best two, or at the very least, the projected first two picks of tomorrow night's NBA draft. That would, of course, be Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball. Daryl Morey's got a new deal to run the Rockets while working on another blockbuster, and the Raiders perhaps on the brink of having the NFL's most expensive car. You can help yourself. You going to a day party later you didn't tell me about? Is that tomorrow? Anyway. You, you clean, you clean. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Cleveland, Dan Gilbert has never given one of his four Cavs general managers a contract extension. Maybe Chauncey Big Shot Billups can buck that trend. They met for a second straight day today about a front office position, perhaps as director of basketball ops. Now, if Chauncey is hired, it looks like he won't have to worry about trying to make a Jimmy Butler trade happen. Sources have told Mark Stein that the Cavs have been notified that Jimmy Butler wants to stay with the Bulls and would not be ready to commit to Cleveland long-term. That report comes on the heels of another report by our man Vinny Goodwill at CSN Chicago, which said the Bulls were actively shopping Butler, and the Celtics rejected an offer of Butler for their third overall pick straight up. Okay. This is, this is, I'm terribly vexed. <laughs> this vexes me. Are you disappointed, I'm, though, that Jimmy Butler really doesn't seem like he's trying to fool with the Cavs? Well, right first now? and foremost, as a basketball fan, I need Jimmy Butler, more so than the Celtics, to end up on the Cavaliers. Because really? if we're going to see Warriors, Cavs 4, I need for the Cavs to run it back with a, a better big three than they have. Okay. okay? But that said, I don't, I don't really get this. Let's start with the, the rumors which have been refuted about Cavaliers players telling Jimmy Butler to stay away. So if it's a bad situation when you got Ty Lue at head coach, LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love for the time being, if that's a bad situation, show me what's good. If that, if that means that nobody but Golden State is in a good place right now in the NBA. So, and it's also rather counterintuitive. Like, why would players say, hey, man, you're one of the best two-way guys in the league. You would make us better with apologies to Kevin Love. Jimmy Butler makes them better, or at least a better matchup or a more difficult matchup for Golden State. Why would they say stay away? If you're Cleveland, the future's now. It shouldn't bother you if you don't want to commit long-term because you know what? Let's say LeBron walks and you gave up Kevin Love. Kevin Love's contract is gone, and now you got Kyrie and Jimmy Butler who are boys for at least a year, and if Jimmy Butler walks the next year, Kyrie, maybe you trade him and start from scratch. And, you know, that's for Chauncey Billups to figure out. Last but not least, if you're the Bulls, who cares what he wants? Who cares if he wants to, if he wants to be in Chicago or not? You do what's best for the team. And I'm sorry, Jimmy Butler, don't you want to play more than mediocre basketball for the prime of your career? You want to just be 500 all the time? I get Chicago's a great town, awesome town. I get being the face of that franchise. And that's the way we want our star players to be, which is like, hey, bring the talent to me. Build around me. I want to compete with these guys. That day is dead, dog. We don't roll like that no more. This is basically a pickup ball. Go join up with LeBron, play in the finals, and figure the rest out later. So, this, is too, this is too much like right on so many levels. You know what you have forgotten about what in forget all of about? this is, look, the, from the basketball standpoint, I still think there's a lot of question marks. One, 
if you're Jimmy Butler, are you really trying to go to a situation where you don't know whether or not LeBron is going to be there beyond this year? And you can say, yes. why? I mean, well, look, again, Jimmy Butler has a life, too. And my I'm guess, have a life too. right? And my, and my guess is, considering how long he's been in Chicago, he loves not, it. Right? He loves the city, loves the organization, loves being, as you said, the fr- face of the franchise. You're giving that up for something that's a little bit more uncertain. You're also look. We, we, we talked about it at the time when Dan Gilbert with Comic Sans. There was a lot of players around the league that weren't feeling playing for that kind of owner. Now I know Chicago ownership has had their issues as That's well. What I was about to but say. you got to think about the ap- aftermath. What happens if LeBron does leave? You want to be there no with disrespect? You want to be in Cleveland with Kyrie? Kyrie who has not had a team okay. on his own and so one on his own. Maybe relatively speaking, to do that? your quality of life is better because you just like the taste of Chicago and you like the city better. That's fine, but I'd rather run with Kyrie and with an owner who despite his idiosyncrasies and sometimes seeming like an idiot actually has paid the highest payroll in the league. You got LeBron for one more year. Link up with LeBron. So be I got to disrupt mate. my whole life to go for this one year to be with LeBron and then Okay, five. fine. Enjoy being 500. Because we know what's really rich about this idea but of the Cavaliers saying don't come here as dysfunctional, as if the Bulls front office has done such a bang-up job. But here's the thing, though. Maybe Jimmy Butler is thinking not just about this year, but when he's a free agent in 2019. And mm-hmm. maybe he would feel more in control of his own destiny as opposed to sort of latching on to someone else and what their plan is. And you brought it up yourself. Maybe he does want to beat the Cavs himself. Look, Chicago. It ain't happening in Chicago. Well, Chicago, or maybe he wants to try to get. Well, they could have been Boston. If That's what I'm saying. It's like, look, look at how they ended their season last year. They kind of got their stuff together at the right moment. And maybe he's thinking, hey, if it all comes together again a little bit earlier, okay. perhaps with all a right. different position. All right. I don't want to hear you or anybody else talking about Jimmy Butler needs to get out of town or Fred Hoiberg and cut Ju- off for the NBA. Ju- don't, 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 July don't 2019 will anymore. be here faster than you know it. Okay. All right. Now, once the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, the Lakers are sending D'Angelo Russell and Timothy Mozgov to the Nets for the 27th overall pick in tomorrow night's draft and Brook Lopez. Sweet deal for the Lakers. It presumably paves the way for them to draft Lonzo Ball at number two and dealing Mozgov helps clear millions of cap room next summer, three first-round picks, and perhaps the Lakers can use that to entice Paul George away from the Pacers, even if it doesn't happen. Yep. It's about a Lakers team now, Mike. More picks, yep. cap space this summer, next summer, Kind of sounds like they're back in business. Yeah, Caprum obviously can't suit up for him. No. And we've been down this. We've seen this movie before when it comes to Caprum. This is the best the position they've been in in a while. Well, doesn't it feel different? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't feel like they're going to be left high and dry this time. And it time. feels like they have a plan. And, oh, my goodness, they actually have, you know, owners and leadership on the same page. Well, when you got the arguably the greatest point guard of all time who specializes in court vision, stands the reason you might have vision for your franchise. Mm-hmm. But th- this doesn't feel like they're going to be left high and dry this time around in free agency when it comes around. Whereas before... Everybody kept turning them down. They couldn't get anybody to take their money. Even if it's not LeBron, they'll get somebody substantial come this summer or next summer with the money that they have because it's, it's back to being an it franchise as opposed to something that rhymes with it franchise. You know, it, just, it just looks better right now. And they might not even be done. I mean, we think it's Lonzo Ball at two. They may get Sacramento to flip them five and ten. Wouldn't you know, and have four first-rounders, maybe use one of them to get Paul George. Because, see, the bottom line when it comes to Paul George is he's going to be a pacer. Excuse me, he's going to be a Laker. The Lakers know it. The Pacers know it. Marcellus knows it. Like, he's going to be on the Lakers. So they, they can say, take it or leave it if you're L.A. You are finally in the power position. You don't have to beg anybody. The Pacers, they may have to sit back and say, you know what? The best we're going to get is end of the first round of Julius Randle or Jordan Clarkson. I still wouldn't hook him up with that. I say we'll see Paul next year. We'll continue to build our young core around Lonzo Ball or De'Aaron Fox if they drop down to five and pick him. Who knows? 
If I'm the Lakers and I'm Lakers Nation, I'm feeling really good right now despite parting with the second overall pick from two years ago. But that was a necessary move to get rid of that one mistake that was Timofey Moscow. Yeah, and look, it wasn't, as you mentioned, it's not just about LeBron. It's about the fact Melo's a free agent, Westbrook. Westbrook's a free agent next summer. Want, I don't think you want Melo. No, I, I, just, I just felt oh, like okay. I needed to mention okay. him, okay? okay um, not and, this time. You wanted him a couple of years ago. Not, you got Isaiah Thomas, also a free agent, unrestricted, uh, restricted free agent. You have Andrew Wiggins next summer as well. So next year is going to be a huge class. They have money. And, again, they have a plan. You can kind of see what they're doing, and I think that's important. They don't have to act desperate. That's what I like. All right, multiple reports have Rockets general manager Daryl Moore receiving a four-year contract extension. Just heard that that is done. He works hard for the money. While simultaneously working on another new extension for James Harden, Maury is working to upgrade Harden's supporting cast in a major way. Mark Stein says that Maury is aggressively trying to trade the likes of Brian Anderson, Patrick Beverly, and Lou Will to clear the way for a pursuit of marquee free agents such as Paul Millsap, Kyle Lowry, Blake Griffin, and Chris Paul. So everybody. <laughs> Pretty much. That's how they roll in Houston. One source close to the situation told ESPN to expect the Rockets to go hard after Paul Ooh. in July. You know what? I don't understand, and, and, it, and it came up with Paul George in, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with the Cavaliers. It came up with Lonzo Ball and the idea of him with the Sixers when it was talked about maybe he can go third you know, with Ben Simmons or whatever. It ain't a bad thing to have two dudes that can make everybody better. So I think if I, like, I actually like Chris Paul as a fit in Houston alongside James Harden. That doesn't Despite bother me. the fact me. that Harden obviously dominates the ball I mean, the way you, he does. You're talking about the defense Chris Paul plays? And the leadership that he brings to the table, I think they figure that out in that Mike D'Antoni system. I think Chris Paul should prefer San Antonio, but if he's looking at Houston, I think it makes a lot of sense for Houston to go hard after him. San Antonio, who I just read before the show, who also is throwing their name in the ring for Chris Porzingis. Because it should. Right. Wouldn't that be scary? Yeah. I mean, um, other than Kawhi, who you want? I guess I agree with them giving uh, Daryl Morey an extension. I think he's he's really built that team. Great time for the analytics crowd right now, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Daryl Morey and the process coming to fruition. And and I like the fact that he's a he's an out of the box thinker. The question I've always had, especially considering they built their team last year with we're just going to shoot as many threes as we possibly can. We're going to try to outscore the Warriors. Is is this a sustainable plan? Is this to a, keep flipping it? To, just to keep flipping it. And it seems like Houston, why are they always a team with a whole bunch of pieces and a lot of it doesn't make sense? You know what I mean? It's, thought it, it made sense. It, it made sense more so last year. But even looking at this list, I'm like, okay, well, Chris Paul, look, it's Chris Paul, so you can't really turn that down. But even still, Chris Paul, James Harden, it's like, how does this all make sense? You don't think those two can coexist? You don't think they figure it out? I mean, look, I don't think they'd be some kind of like, wrestling match for whose locker room it is. I no, mean, I don't. I comes don't. in and brings his own style of leadership. But with the style of more play that back. they're trying to have in Houston, I, I just don't know how that all fits See, together. He can play off the ball, but if nothing else, he, he defends. So you don't lose anything defensively by replacing Patrick Beverly with Chris Paul, and you gain something offensively. I think it's a, a brilliant move. It, it just seems like that they If they were to get it, but I don't think he goes there. I, I, no, I, I, I don't either. If you're going to pick a Texas team, you got to pick San Antonio. It seems like teams. they had an identity, and that they're willing to kind of just – Throw that all away and just start over and just do something different. Warriors so, will do that to you. Yeah. Uh, NFL, what do you know? According to Adam Schefter, the Raiders and Derek Carr are close to finalizing a deal that would pay Carr about $25 million per year, possibly making him the highest paid player in the game. Now, Schefter reported the deal could be announced as early as the end of the week. Now, Derek Carr, being the stickler for journalism that he is, responded to Schefter with this tweet. Uh, nothing done yet. Trust me, you'll hear it here first. No disrespect, Derek Carr. My money's on Adam Schefter having it he first. He might know it before you do. Yeah. Now, assuming <laughs> Carr's deal is indeed $25 million a season, look where it places him. 
uh, near the top in terms of league average for salary per season. Andrew Luck, of course, currently has that mark. And, of course, remember, Carr has to make his 2017 salary before an extension kicks in, which is under a million dollars, the base salary, that is. Congratulations. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Definitely. And far be it for me to count somebody else's money. Uh, so don't. Well, it's just, we can just think about it. Just, just thinking about it for a second. Like, Derek Carr, uh-huh. promising you a quarterback, uh-huh. bright future. Uh-huh. Oakland certainly saw what life was like without him last year when they didn't, uh, you know, when he got hurt. And it kind of ended basically their season, which looked to be kind of on its way. Highest paid? Why not? Highest paid? Like, just... Just what couple, you trying to say? Just two years out the gate, highest paid, huh? So well, how come when people say no disrespect and then they proceed to disrespect? It's not disrespect. It's just, for me it just to count somebody's money and then you the sitting NFL. up here acting. It's always timing, Jamel. It's always timing. Like, the next guy up, look, Kirk Cousins about to be the highest paid, and Matthew Stafford, your man, your new best friend, who you clown for years until you met him at a party uh, at the Super Bowl. Uh, Matthew Stafford might be the highest paid quarterback in the league. Like, you work and? with somebody that's willing to pay you at the time that you're up to be paid. And, yeah. I know you ain't about to sit up here and count somebody's money. Do we need to talk about your pockets or what kind of oh, or, don't or what's, talk out, about what's your, out in the parking lot? What's out there that you're like, in the parking like, lot? Like people tell us all the time that we don't deserve X, Y, and Z. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm blessed and highly favored. It's I probably a, don't deserve it. But for the grace of God, go I. I will take this money that they pay me right now, whether I quote unquote thing. deserves got nothing to do it's with got it. Got nothing to do with and it. And I will take this money. Exactly. So our timing was everything when it came to our money. His timing is everything. Not to mention. It's, I love, all jokes aside, I love how things come full circle because I remember talking to him, and we both did, disliked this. When he was coming out of Fresno State, he had his surname held against him yeah, that in was such really an unfair, unfair fashion. Very unfair. And for him to have gone in the second round and become the leader that he is, the person that he is, the, the, the future MVP that he is, there's, there's, it's, it's celebrate this deal. Like, okay, should Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers be at the top of that it's list? Just interesting that's just how, not how it works. I know, and, and that's what strikes me about it. When you look at the, that highest paid annual salary or annual yearly salary list, none of those five are the five. If you said who are the five best players in the NFL, they wouldn't be on those five. I'll say this, at least for Derek Carr, he's a lot closer to fulfilling his promise than your boy Andrew Luck. So, All I know is when our contract time come up, uh, should you end up being more highly paid than me? There'll be some furniture moves. <laughs> Markel Fultz may be the best player in this draft. But the worst-kept secret is that the 76ers are going to take them. We know they're going to take them, right? They even traded up uh, to get them uh, to get that number one pick. Uh, we'll start there, Markel. Um, what was your reaction when you saw uh, that the 76ers traded up to get number one with the presumption that you will be their choice? Um, I was just happy. I mean, any opportunity I get a chance to play basketball, uh, I'm happy. So the fact that I get a chance to play basketball and uh, – Hopefully being the number one pick is even better because that's the one dream I had since I was younger. So I'm really excited right now. As much as uh, the writing may be on the wall and the expectation is that you will go number one, is there still part of you that's kind of nervous, that still doesn't believe that it's about to be real, that you got, your name is going to be called first? Yeah, it's still a part of me that doesn't believe that it's going to happen yet. And um, I think it won't. I won't be satisfied until I hear my name called. So um, I'm just sitting here waiting. Uh, I can just hear it right now in the back of my head. And um, like I said, I'm just excited. Now, even though I know you're trying to keep a level head about all this and entertain all the possibilities, surely you've thought about the idea of you, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Dario Sarge, Dario Sarge all of you guys forming this young, exciting core. Uh, when you went there to work out in Philly, like what was it like to kind of <laughs> be around those guys 
and, and kind of get a, a firsthand glimpse of what you guys can be? Uh, first of all, just for them to come out and watch me work out, um, it made me feel more welcomed and more relaxed um, just to have them there. And like I said, it just shows how much they love their teammates and how, they, how they're going to be there. So um, having them there was exciting. And uh, I look forward to playing. It's going to be something crazy if I get to go to Philly. Yeah, that pick and roll is going to be vicious uh, with any of those guys, really. But a lot of people in yeah. Philly look at you as the culmination of the process. I wonder, just as a basketball fan, for the last several years, did you have an opinion about the process? Did you have an opinion about all the tanking to get the number one picks? And how do you look at it now that they were able to get those picks and then get you? Uh, the crazy thing is, like, I didn't even know about trust the process with them. Um, I used to always say when I was younger because I got cut from JV, as everybody knows, and um, trusting the process, I stayed in, in, at my school, at my high school, and, and fought through adversity. So um, I didn't really find out to, about the Sixers trust the process until my senior year. And it was just crazy. I was just thinking, like, wow, I thought I made up the trust the process, and it's pretty funny. But uh, I think it's cool uh, what they did. It uh, shows how, how bad they really want me and everything like that. And uh, if I get a chance to go there, I'm going to give it my all. You know, it's interesting just following your Twitter account. Let's go back to Father's Day. Uh, you posted a tweet uh, on Father's Day saying, hey, Dad, I did it without you. Uh, why did you post mm-hmm. that? And, and what did it mean for you to be able to put that out there on social media, that message? Uh, first of all, uh, my message is more towards younger kids and kids my age that don't have a father um, that has a single mom. Just showing them that you can do anything. Uh, you don't need a dad. You can believe in your mom, and, and you got to be a man yourself uh, if you don't have a dad. And um, another thing was it was just something that fits right with my situation, uh, with my mom being a single mom and raising me all my life. And um, like I got this far without a father. Uh, my mom's been my father, and my my trainer, who's Keith, uh, he's been a father figure to me, but. Um, it's just something that I felt like was best for me. It, it came from my heart and uh, something that I, I put out there. Oh, they trust in the process in Philly. Good luck to you and the rest of the 76ers core once your name is called officially Thursday night. Appreciate you, man. Look, I'm not trying to be messy, which means I'm about to be messy. But I'm just going to guess that our next guest, Lonzo Ball, might have been a little bit happy when the Lakers traded D'Angelo Russell because, of course, that probably paved the way for the Lakers, his hometown team, to draft him. And we're going to start there, uh, Lonzo. Look, I know nothing is for certain in the draft. Anything can happen. But you're about 24 hours away from possibly it becoming a reality that you will play for the team you've always wanted to play for. Have you allowed yourself to think, like, yes, this is going to happen? Have you allowed yourself to invest in this dream becoming a reality? Um, I try not to look forward. I'm trying to just live in the moment right now, enjoy the process with my family. And uh, whoever ends up calling my name, you know, I'm going to be happy. De'Aaron Fox's dad got in on the action. He told Bleacher Report that when De'Aaron played against you, he said, quote, my son already ate his butt up twice. Now, despite the head-to-head outcomes, do you believe that you're better than De'Aaron Fox? And what would your message be to his dad? Um, Yeah, I think I'm better than him just because, you know, I'm confident in myself and all the work I put in. And um, to reply to his dad, I have nothing to say to his dad. Uh, that's his. That's what he said. That has nothing to do with me, and um, I just keep living my life. One of the uh, more amazing tidbits about you is that, you know, despite uh, you being a, a Laker fan and where you are, you've only been to one NBA game, and I believe it was the Clippers uh, against the Lakers. I think it was actually, the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually, it. Actually, I've been to two. You've been to two. What okay. was the other one? Two my whole life. Yeah. What was uh, the other one? When I was like 10. Uh-huh. Ten, I watched the Clippers versus the Timberwolves, and then when I was like a sophomore in high school, I seen the Lakers versus Clippers. So, how does somebody 
who has obviously had the NBA in their, NBA in their sights for a long time. How do you only have? How is it that you've only been to two NBA games? I just always watched it in the living room. You know, you got a nice TV in there. Uh, whole family's over there. All my friends usually at my house, so we just kick it there and watch it. What uh, what stadium are you most looking, or what arena, excuse me, are you most looking forward to playing in? Besides Staples Center, obviously, like you know, only been to two NBA games, but you're gonna be going to 82 coming up pretty soon. Well, uh, where are you most looking forward to playing? Um, looking forward to playing everywhere. To be honest, uh, the closest I get to the NBA court so far was playing in 2K. So you know, to be there, <laughs> you know, actually live is gonna be cool. Who would you play with in 2K? Who was your squad? Uh, I use the Cavs. You know, LeBron's pretty hard to stop, and uh, <laughs> you can just go to the basket every time. LeBron might be your teammate soon. You paying attention <laughs> to those rumors? <laughs> man, hey, man, anything's possible. Go ahead and recruit him. Like, okay, let's, let's just say the Lakers pick you. Let's just say the Lakers pick you. Here's your chance. LeBron watches the six, we guess. Go ahead. Why should he come to the Lakers and join your squad? Hey, man, LeBron, uh, I mean, I like to win. I know you like to win. <laughs> I think our games can help each other out a lot. And anytime you want the ball, just let me know. It's going to be there, you know? Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. And, and luckily for you, it can't be considered tampering. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're not in the league yet. It's not tampering. Hey, man, enjoy the process. Thank you for the time. Uh, dream come true. And uh, we're obviously pulling for you going forward. Somebody told me every year there's been a Transformer movie. LeBron has lost a title. Anyway, uh, D-Wade told the Bulls he's picking up his $23.8 million player option because, as he told our man David Aldridge, he had 24 million reasons to do so. Real. They tried to come at him. D-Wade wasn't having it. He had to tweet some receipts. I love the hashtag, fading petty. So too real for some people. It's a little too real. I just try to figure out what he thought he, we, it wasn't an apology, but what, you had nothing to defend yourself about. It, was he supposed to say, you know what, Chicago? Take this $24 million. You can have it. I don't think he was defending himself. I just thought he was checking folks. Mm-hmm. You know, see, he's not worried about what somebody else thinks. That's liberation, and baby, I want it. Okay, he's like, he's, he's 35 years old, living his best life, hopping, Europe hopping with right? Gabrielle. You, look, you got to be secure in your three rings and your legacy when you walk around like they call you Cuddy. You call everybody young blood. Looking like he like should have been in dead presidents. See you, Out there supporting the young people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, don't follow straight. my path. Stay in school. G money. Don't don't work. Don't don't be like me. I'll take care of you and your mama. I'm sorry. Sidetrack with that outfit. But but he's so confident in himself. Like it's like, look, who else is going to give him that money on the open market? Correct. So at this point in his career, he's done ring chasing. He talked about having a a higher calling in the city of Chicago. Anyway, they're paying him all this money. He'd be foolish to turn it down. So why even lie about it? Why say the politically correct thing? Why say the thing that'll Make people happy. You know, I want to chase a championship in Chicago. Like I was saying about Jimmy Butler, he knows that mediocre. Right. So in the meantime, make it $24 million. And the best part was Gabrielle joining in because their relationship goes. She joined in on Twitter. And, and then when they tried to fact check him, turns out his claims were right. It was what, I think it was Harrison Barnes, Avery Bradley, uh, Evan Fournier. I forget who the fourth player was about that had the same kind of stats making about $16.5 million. So. All right. Staying uh, on Twitter, only Dwight Howard would get traded while tweeting about trade rumors. Dwight's won his fourth team since leaving Orlando in 2012, but reunited with Steve Clifford, who coached Howard for six seasons as an assistant in Orlando and L.A. I still think he's, he has a lot left, you know, watching him. Um, but, he's, you know, he's not that athlete that he was. But, I mean, he was, even for this league, I mean, again, he was two-time defensive player of the year. 
uh, I would say just his game has a, a more of a maturity about it than it did back then. Again, watch film. There's no reason why he can't uh, get back to playing, to me, at a really high level. You know, in a weird way, Mike, this is kind of sad. Because uh, when this news got out there, and of course everybody had their jokes because, as you mentioned, Dwight was tweeting about what trades you want to see, and in the process he got traded, like, you know, a few minutes later. And people, of course, started going in on Dwight uh, because a lot of people have forgotten the player that he used to be, the player that he was in Orlando. And, look, I never imagined a day when I was in Orlando when Dwight was there where he would be getting traded, that this would be his fourth team. He yeah. would go through this many teams and get traded for a Plumlee. Like, I just never would have imagined <laughs> yeah, that he no. would have reached that point. Life comes at you fast. No, it, but it I does. do like this trade, though, for Charlotte. I do, because he, he and Cody Zeller together make for a nice tandem in the middle. Again, he's with somebody with whom he's familiar in Steve Clifford. And, I mean, what, he's, he's still a double-double guy. The problem with Dwight has been and always will continue to be unless he decides to change his mind. That's why it was so alarming to hear him say he wanted to shoot threes. Like, just put him in the pick-and-roll all day. Just run up, just be DeAndre Jordan. You know, just, just be in pick-and-roll, catch the lobs, protect the paint, grab rebounds. Everybody will be happy if that's what you do. But when, it's, when he decides to be a, a post player and try to be a Kim Olajuwon or now trying to be Brooke Lopez with the three-pointers, that's just doing way too people, much. He can still be more than serviceable. People, I think it's a good acquisition. People then want to rip him for not expanding his offensive game. Too late for that. He is too Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, and I mean, I get trying to evolve, adapt or die, and the league is going you know, to, to more versatile players. That's just not who he is. He needs to be in more pick-and-roll situations. He needs to be the role man. The, the, the hard part, I feel, or the what's even worse, I think, for him is that the tail end, these last four or five years of his career, I think, have been, while numbers-wise, they kind of hold up, but they've been so disappointing to the point that, yes, I realize he will get in the Hall of Fame one day just based off what his resume looks like. Right. But when I think about the, some of the best centers to ever play, it's going to be a while before I get to his name. It's just going to be a while. I'm, I'm glad you didn't further qualify the Hall of Fame conversation because when I think about some of the dumbest debates going on right now in, on NBA Twitter and in NBA circles, it's whether Dwight Howard is a Hall of Famer. Like, he's, it's not even, that's not even a conversation. He's a hands-down Hall of Famer. Dude's an eight-time. But the only reason it is, though, Mike, is because everybody's looking at the last four like or five Dwight. years no, and because, they don't like it's him. It's because Dwight Howard, people dislike Dwight Howard so much until it blinds them to his greatness. And that resume, eight-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA, three five-time All-Defense, three-time defensive player of the year, literally he rebounded five times, finals. 17 and 13 for his career. So he, is, he was one of the best big men in the NBA for a long enough period of time, not to mention it doesn't take that much of a threshold to get into the Basketball Hall of Fame. He's hands down a Hall of Famer. It doesn't matter what he's done for us lately. Now, is he's he, a Hall of Famer, is he period. A Hall like, of that Famer argument is Because ridiculous. we know what the standard is, and it's not as high as He's state. a Hall of Famer because he was great. Okay. He's not as great as he was because of injury and whatever other reasons, and maybe not as great as you thought he should have been, but he's a Hall of Famer, period. Die. It was, it was all good when the Clippers were getting the Emoji Wars with the Mavs, and doing their best to prevent DeAndre Jordan from signing there. Fast forward to yesterday when the Clippers reportedly were shopping DeAndre Jordan. One deal said to have been offered to the Clippers came from the Suns. Jordan for Tyson Chandler and the Suns' number four pick. I'm surprised to hear the Clippers shopping Jordan. Life comes at you fast, right? Like, wow, this, he was supposed to be a major and a core piece uh, of them kind of getting to that next level. I guess when you're with the Clippers, when you're where, where, where they are, rather, and I'm, you know I've been saying this for a minute, it's like I don't know how much better this current group of players can get. And I know they've had some things that haven't gone their way, namely injuries to both Blake and, and Chris Paul at, at different times, sometimes at the same time. And I think this is all a part of the Clippers maybe realizing there has to be life. There might be life without Chris Paul. Yes. 
And the other part is, are we are we getting the maximum from this group or have we already gotten it? And maybe it's something else out there that we haven't considered. Well, if you're the Clippers and this is what I was talking about when the, you know, the discussion yesterday was Jerry West uh, being a draw for LeBron James because of his relationship. And I thought that demeaned Jerry West's uh, genius, his resume as an executive in this league. And you bring in Jerry West not because he's boys with LeBron, but you bring in Jerry West because he helps you chart your course for years to come. He has fresh eyes, too. So, fresh, fresh eyes with credibility. The Clippers have to proceed as if everybody's leaving and nobody's coming. And just like I talked about yesterday, again, talk about the Knicks, and everybody says their front office is dysfunctional and Phil should be fired and doesn't know what he's doing. It's like you have to this – is, this is your due diligence that's done this time of year. You have to do that. So just like the Knicks are reportedly checking to see – no, I know it's different, but under the same, you know, under the same you know, idea of what, who knows what somebody will offer you or who knows what offer somebody will accept. What if the Suns say yes? You got DeAndre Jordan with a year left and then a player option – and you may lose Chris Paul. You may lose Blake Griffin. You just want to come back with DeAndre Jordan. So you need to liquid, liquidate that asset if possible. See what somebody will give you for him. So this is just smart business. Again, something not often said with the Knicks and now the Clippers. Smart business. See what you can get for him. See what, who says yes. Tell you, the Warriors got a whole lot of teams reevaluating. All right, we're going to take it from the court to the ring. Uh, let's get to Canelo and GGG here. I have said repeatedly that I will not pay a single dime of my own money for Mayweather McGregor. But this fight here, this is different. I'm not just kissing up the Golden Boy promotions, Oscar. This is different. Triple G, Canelo Alvarez, sign me up for this September 16th. Cannot get here fast enough. Oscar, why will this be the fight of the year? <clears throat> Look at these two guys, these two gentlemen that are sitting right next to me. Uh, they're the best middleweights in the world. And um, the middleweight division has always delivered, whether it was back in the day with Sugar Ray Robinson and Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns, all those uh, great fighters like Roberto Duran. But this fight here is, uh, has the ingredients to be, uh, uh, if not the best uh, middleweight fight in the history of the sport, I believe. Mm, wow. wow, that's big praise. Yeah. Now, Gennady, uh, you're 37-0, and 0, and I'm sure you're aware of the narratives that have been around your career, that you've never fought anybody as good as Canelo Alvarez. What would a fight or what would a win, rather, mean for your career? I'm not projecting he'll beat you, by the way. I'm just <laughs> Hypothetically, Hypothetically what would speaking, what would a win do for your career? Well, first of all, right now it's an amazing time for us, you know. Not only for us, for business, for people, you know. I believe we are bringing boxing positions back. You know, right now, everybody wants this fight. Everybody wants to watch. Very excited. Everybody, you know, like a... Call for everybody said, hey, please, give, give, give me this chance. Yeah. Chance is fight, you know, everybody wants. Canelo, what can you prove with a win? What do you need to prove in this fight? Yo creo que no, no necesito probarle nada a nadie. A mis 26 años he peleado con los mejores y he probado que soy uno de los mejores. Así que lo único que sí puedo decirte es que esta pelea eh, nos hemos propuesto que, que se resume en 14 años de trabajo. Entonces... Es muy importante para nosotros, sabemos el peligro que tenemos con, 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 con el rival, pero nosotros hacemos gran trabajo, confío en mis capacidades y, y, y es lo que voy a poner ese día. He doesn't feel like he has to prove anything. Um, in, in all his career, his young career at 26 years old, he's already fought the best fighters out there, and so 
Um, you know, these 14 years that he's been a professional fighter, um, look, he's going he's gonna to do everything he can to, uh, to, to, to win this fight. And, uh, but he doesn't have to prove anything because he, he's still working on this craft. He's still growing. He's, still, he's only 26 years old, and he's already fought and been in there with the best. I want to go back to that bold statement you made earlier about this having the potential to be the greatest middleweight bout of all time. So styles make fights. What is it about these two guys in the ring at the same time that can make it the greatest middleweight bout of all time? Well, I think, I think the fact that, that, for instance, Canelo has skill, he has speed, he has power, tremendous power, um, and, and he really doesn't like going backwards. Um, he likes thinking, moving forward. And Golovkin is a fighter who, uh, who goes forward and hits you uh, with a sledgehammer, uh, tries to knock you out, tries to give uh, the, the fans the best uh, possible show we get uh, some that action. he can. Not a lot of dancing, a lot of action. There's, there's no dancing whatsoever. I think this is going to be one of those fights where, uh, where you just do not want to blink or, or, or go out there and, 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 uh, and pour yourself a, a, a soda or something, uh, go to the kitchen. No, you want to stay in your seat and watch this fight. It's like, kind of like the Mike Tyson fights. If you blink, the fight is over. Sign us up. Yeah, so I'm all in. If you pay for it, I'll bring the chips. Okay. Okay. And there the we guac. go. And and the guac. <laughs> all right. Appreciate it, guys. Good luck, and uh, we'll see y'all September 16th. Thank you. All right. Since it's National Selfie Day, let us pay tribute to the selfie king of ESPN, Taylor Twelman. I hope to love anything as much as Taylor loves taking selfies. Time for a little doing too much countdown. Speaking of the College World Series, uh, peep this fan uh, at the College World Series. Don't know why. I thought it would be a good idea to go and get the beach ball himself. Perhaps. <laughs> nice. Mike Four Curtis, tackle. Mike tackle. Curtis is somewhere smiling. Mike Curtis is my hero for taking like, All streakers, all people, all, they should all have to be subjected to get See, but this one is a little like different. Terry off he wasn't trying to be a knucklehead. He was just no, trying to get the beach ball back, right? Field, man. They but I'm more, I'm Why did they cut the video the, off? I'm impressed by the tackle. This is my favorite story today. Despite his seafood allergy, uh, Adrian Peterson's body fat has risen since moving to my hometown in New Orleans. A lot of people says, can identify with that. I'm telling you. He says he's still eating gumbo, but just carrying around his EpiPen with him just in case. So I get asked all the time by people going to New Orleans. Mm. Parkway. Okay. Check in, check out for poor boys. Lil Dizzy's. You took Ru- me there. The gumbo was amazing. Yep. Ruby Slipper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drago's for your uh, oysters. Munch Factory. I can give you more, but that's off the top of my head. But I'm glad he is enjoying the fine cuisine. In you know world. that gumbo is serious when you're just willing to take the allergic reaction. It's real. It's like that. And you know what else? They're going to eat in that backfield, him and Mark Ingram. See what I did there? They're both. Did there. Uh, Evan Turner, check out this question that needed answering that he tweeted. If you were in Phil Jackson's shoes and Ms. Buss, as in Jeannie Buss, said that she would get back with you if you trade Porzingis to the Lakers, would you? Probably. Evan, you might have a little too much time on your hands. Probably. You would trade him? No, you wouldn't. Uh, I think what Evan Turner was doing in the slickest of ways was shooting his shot. At Jeannie? Yeah. What? He's saying that Jeannie Buss is so fly that oh, you yeah. give up Chris okay. Porzingis okay. if she would get back with you. That was a, that was a subliminal message to Jeannie Buss. Hmm. Think about that. Russ, on vacation. Stunting. With a Gucci diaper bag. Well, how, what, other, what other kind of diaper bag bucks. is there? No, I never had a $1,500 diaper bag. I Wait, did carry a diaper bag. Now you put dirty. And a you just carried the clean ones in there, right? I just put them in my backpack. I didn't have a lot. My wife had a diaper bag. And I had a Bjorn. That's yeah. awesome. Living his best life. That's Kobe awesome. Bryant out in there retirement. In Kobe Bryant. 
I tell you, it's something really heartwarming when you see these NBA guys, who, especially those two Living in life. particular. Living life. And you know that competitive streaks, what they're known for. Reminds me of what Michael Bennett talked about missing yeah. OTAs, wanting to be a parent. It's good to see them actually embracing parenthood, even if it's expensive. Gucci bag. No? All right. It's National Selfie Day, Mike. I know you're excited. This is one of our favorite selfie videos. Uh, 2015, excuse me, 2015 in Arizona State. Have already cared more about selfies than the actual game going on. I kind of don't blame them. You got the backdrop, you got all that. Stay so you know how I do. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. Yes, I selfie. But that was with the fans. I was trying to get the crowd uh-huh. involved. Uh-huh. No, you do a good job. You, on the other hand, I was. I don't know what I was doing. That that's a great hat. That's you need a great some, hat. You need, like, is that? I, I was showing up. I was my hat. See, I told, that's why I don't do it. Cause I'm not. I'm not photogenic anyway. I have a face for radio. I mean, what? What is that? Y'all really went, Y'y'all like, really did this, huh? Meanwhile, okay, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not taking part in this. No, that's a reverend. That's, like, that's, that's a civil I just rights got a icon. Selfie. You know what? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You really ought to be ashamed the of yourself. MLK's dream. I want to let the record show I had nothing to do with Al Sharpton being and doing too Sounds much. Good the Knicks. That's how you do it. That is how you turn a frown upside down. You trade Chris Stapps Porzingis. Yeah. Or no, don't trade him. Excuse me. You selfie him. You'll never uh, kiss a trophy in that uniform. That's for sure. <laughs> the most respected talent evaluators in NFL history. On NFL.com, he ranked Ezekiel Elliott as the 26th greatest running back of all time. All time? Coming up his first season, obviously led the league in rushing at 15 touchdowns. On earth? Ever. 26. A little premature, don't you think? He listed 27, which is an odd number. Apparently, Franco Harris wasn't even on the list. Like this is insane. After one year. That he couldn't get there one day, but that just seems really premature. 26. I mean, I know he's great, but wow. Before we call it a day, tell people we had a good day, Jamal. All right, good day for the Negro Baseball Museum in Kansas City. They received a $1 million donation from Major League Baseball and its Players Union. I have never been there, and I've never been to Cooperstown. Those are two places on my bucket list. Let's scratch that off the list. Uh, We're going to L.A. for the ESPYs July 12th. Uh, You can vote now for categories such as best male athlete and those candidates, in case you hadn't heard, Russell Westbrook, Sidney Crosby, Michael Phelps, Chris Bryant. That is a I got to go with Phelps. But I mean, that's all you you could you could make a case for all of them. Sidney Crosby's in a pantheon all time. Great hockey players. Chris Bryant, youngster. Russell. You know who they are. I got to go with Phelps. Amazing. No football player on that list. All right. That's it for the six. Sports Center continues on ESPN News. Stay tuned for the College World Series. We'll see you all tomorrow.